Listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225 274 1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. deal or begin a new series tonight dealing with our relationship with God and as I just prayed we're going to take this over the next few Sundays and Wednesdays we're going to run with this as long as needs be because I believe your relationship is just that important why because I believe our relationship with God is the thermometer for our entire being It's the thermometer. It's that which determines. If our relationship with God is hot, guess what? The rest of our life is pretty hot and in place. But if our relationship with God is cold and indifferent, it's going to be cold and indifferent in so many of the other areas, if not all the areas of our lives. Our relationship with God, I believe, determines or will determine the outcome of our life. The way we act, the way we speak, the way we live, the way we are, is all determined upon our relationship with God. You see why? Here's why. Our relationship with God is the root. It's the source. So many times in church and so many times in our life, all we deal with is the symptoms. We deal with the symptoms. We try to put band-aids on a cancer. We try to deal with the symptoms and say, well, if we can just medicate, if we can do this. But all we're doing is treating the symptoms. I think in church, too, we've got so guilty of treating the symptoms in giving marriage classes and talking about good marriages. I believe in that, and it's important, and we have this at at this church. We have counseling time, and we talk with people. But really, all these issues that we're talking or we will talk about are symptoms to the root cause, and that is this. We need relationship with God. Because I believe if we're in relationship with God, habits, addictions, strongholds, bondages, all these things will fall. Why? Because we'll suddenly realize what's most important in our lives. You see, symptoms, I wrote down there, symptoms are the result of a bigger problem. If you've got symptoms in your life, there's a bigger problem. If there's evidence of things that are taking place in your life, there's a bigger problem that's right there. And the bigger problem, I believe, in most of our lives is we're not living for God as we should. I want you to listen to this verse. And in fact, I want you to read this verse with me. Patricia's going to put it up on the screen. It comes from Romans chapter 12 and verse 11. And I want us to read this together. And we love Romans 12. Many of us stop at Romans 12, verse 2. We've taken 1 and 2 in and we're full with Romans 12. There's more meat on the bone in Romans 12 than just Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, and pleasing unto God. We all know that be not conformed. Romans 12, 1 and 2. But look what it says in verse 11. And would you read it with me today? Let's read together. Are you ready? Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, Serving the Lord. Let me read that one more time. 
not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. I wonder what that means. I wonder what that really means. And I'm going to ask you in a few seconds what that means to you. But let me just help you before I ask you. Let me read that same verse, if I could, from the New New International Version. And it says this, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Let me read that one more time. Never lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I'm a kind of simple guy, and there's a lot of words that I kind of know what they mean, but I don't know what they mean. You know what I'm talking about? If you know what I'm talking about, your kids will come up to you and say, Dad, what does this mean? And you're like, well, I know what it means, but it's hard to explain. Anyone ever had those kind of situations? You know how to use it in a sentence. You know how to use it correctly. But to really explain it, sometimes you're like, oh. Zeal is one of those words that I know how to use it, but I had to sit down and pull out a dictionary today and say, well, what does it really mean? The word zeal means this. Having eager desire or effort to have earnest enthusiasm. Let me say that again. The word zeal means eager desire or effort. Earnest enthusiasm. So the Bible says, never lacking in zeal. So really what it's saying is that what there's never to be a lack of effort or desire or enthusiasm in my life. The next word I came to in that verse was this, fervor. I was like, well, I know kind of how to use that, but what does that mean too? So I read through the dictionary, and the dictionary said this, great warmth or feeling, an intense emotion. Let me say that again, great warmth or feeling, intense emotion. Can I rewrite that verse for you tonight? That instead of saying, never lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Let me rewrite that verse for you tonight. Never be lacking in eager desire or effort, but having earnest enthusiasm, having a great warmth of feeling and an intense emotion as you live for God. What do you think that verse means tonight? Come on, who wants to help me? What do you think that verse means tonight? You could also say not lacking in honesty, high in spirit, serving the Lord. Okay. Can you turn me down up here? Is that cool? But I want to ask you tonight is not what it means in the fact of definitions. What does it mean for our lives as children of God? What do you think that verse, what do you think the Bible, what do you think God is telling us in that verse that applies to our lives? Anyone got anything? Mike? You know, I really think that Dale summed it up when he gave his little thing about the offering. The first fruits are best right there. Not giving it the leftover or just something that, you know, just doing it just because we gradually got to do it, but our best at all times. Cool, cool. Anyone else got anything they want to throw out there tonight? I think it's a... Living passion or a okay. leaning that is just 
Like no matter where you're at in your life, your passion pulls you ahead. Okay. And drives you. How many would say, come on, Nooney. Anyone else put your hands up? Good. I think it's more from, like as Trey said, passion, but from the heart. It's not necessarily doing something, constantly doing something. It's more what your, your emotions, your feeling inside, your, as you said, uh, that desire. I think uh, a key word is effort. It takes effort. If you don't, don't just wade on through. You've got to try. Anyone else got anything they want to throw us? Mr. Huss is coming in for seconds. I think I try seconds. You know, I, I would say boldness because I, I found myself now with a new boldness when it comes to t- testifying to people or talking to people. And I don't actually know where it's come from, but all of a sudden I just, I'm not reluctant to say, I'm not timid, I'm whatever, I just come right out and give it to them. Anyone else? Talked about lagging, and uh, you, you never see anything. Uh, from the front of a person, which was, is where you see their heart, you see their smile, and you hear what they're saying. But if you're behind them, all you see is they're behind. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I add this tonight? Everything that everyone has said is completely right. But can I add this tonight, that this verse should describe every one of our relationships with God? Whether we've been saved five minutes, or whether we've been saved... 10 years, 20 years. I'm tired of the image of a relationship with God that we look at people who get saved and we almost have said, oh, just wait. They'll calm down. They'll kind of hit the ground. Reality will run in. They're just telling everyone about the Lord and they're going out there and they're just so excited. And we've just almost sat back, haven't we, and waited for them to come back down to earth. Where I really believe, and over the next couple of weeks, I I really believe that I'm going to show you that verses like this are going to be the testimony of our relationship with God. Not that our relationship with God is diminishing, because there's nothing in a verse like that that shows me a relationship that's diminishing. Do I hear an amen? Amen. Come on, am I ignorant? Am I missing something? I don't see anything there that's dying. But what I see in that is life, expectancy, future, moving on, excelling, great enthusiasm in everything. And I believe our relationship with God should be the same as that. Come on, do you agree? Come on, I am tired. And here's my question I want to ask every one of you tonight. Because I'm tired when I look even at my own life and I see my relationship and I see the highs and the lows. And I see the times when everything's great and then the times when I'm... And yet we've accepted that and saying, well, that's just life. I believe over the next few weeks, I'm going to show you that living for God, we can live on a mountaintop 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we're going to explain that a little bit better because there's times of dryness, there's times of adversity and struggles. But yet, during those struggles, why should our relationship with God change? Come on. Why should adversity and trials cause our relationship with God to diminish? It should cause our relationship with God to grow. Do I hear an amen? But that's not the testimony of our lives. So here's my question to every one of you tonight. How close do you feel to God? How close do you feel to God?
In other words, how close is your relationship with God? You and God, how tight are you? What's going down in your relationship? Come on, if you were really honest tonight, and you were to stand up here one after the other, and you were to say where your relationship with God, I wonder how many of us would be able to say, not lagging and diligent, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. I wonder if us would hang our heads and say, my relationship with God is not where I should be. Oh, I'm saved. But I'm not spending time with God. I'm not really in love with God anymore. I think if we were to be honest tonight, many of us would have that testimony, not Romans 12 verse 11. The enthusiasm is gone. The effort is gone. The zeal is gone. The passion is gone. It's almost just become religious. We've almost come to that place of knowing what to do, how to do, knowing when to stand up, lift our hands, shout amen, give some money. We've almost got to that place where we have abused what really should be relationship with God. I wonder if we could even label what we live as a relationship with God. I wonder some of us in here if what we say is a relationship with God is even a relationship with God. And I'm telling you right now, I'm as challenged in this message as what you are. Because in order for me to deliver a message, God first has to deliver it to me. And I have to first be challenged in my heart because I'm not going to stand up here as a hypocrite and give something out that I'm not dealing with or God's dealt with me in my life. Relationship is not a title. Relationship with God is an active lifestyle. I'm sure most of us, if not all of us, sense that there's more to a relationship with God than what we are currently expecting, or experiencing rather. But yet we still choose to accept where we are instead of excel into that place. What we just read in Romans 12 verse 11 doesn't sound like something dead, does it? It doesn't sound like something that's a has-been relationship. But it sounds like to me a relationship that's alive, energized, active, up-to-date and ongoing. So where is our relationship with God? On a scale of 0 to 10, 10 be the greatest, 0 being pretty bad. I wonder where you would really rate your relationship with God. I'm not asking if you're saved. I'm asking where is your relationship with God. We must learn how we can develop a more intimate bond with God. Stover Weems in a book that I've been reading called Awakening says it this way, and I quote his words. He says, as a devoted follower of Jesus... I have learned some secrets to staying constantly fresh in my relationship with God. This deepening friendship begins with what I have called an awakening. Because after an awakening, life is never the same. I believe our relationship with God needs to be awakened. I believe our relationship with God, for some, maybe it needs to be resurrected, meaning it's dead. But I believe there needs to be a shaking in our lives. 
Why? Because a relationship with God is the most fulfilling thing that a person can ever experience in their life. And I know if you've given your life to Christ, you know the answer to that is yes. Because after having drugs and after having all these things, money, wealth, fame, everything like that, there's a God-shaped void inside of mankind that only God can fill. And the only thing that will truly give true excitement and true fulfillment in life is only a relationship with God. There is nothing like it on the face of this earth. Many start off well with great passion, with great zeal and great fervor for God. But over time they have allowed that to, that enthusiasm to subside. Bringing their relationship with God to a passive state. When I was at school in physics, I learned something about passive. And that was this. Passive is something that has potential. But yet it doesn't have any movement. Our lives have the potential to be in relationship with God. But yet we've got to move in that. We've got to be involved in that. We can't just sit back and let life come by. We've got to respond to that. We've got to be because relationship is not just one person responding. True relationship is two people responding to the same common goal. In a marriage, if only one is given, guess what? There's no relationship. They say it takes two to make a marriage and it takes one to break it. It's the same in our relationship with God. The Bible speaks about as in the natural, so in the spiritual. Why does God speak like that? So we can see naturally and understand spiritually. Why do you think Jesus spoke in natural parables as he talked about seed in the ground and farmers and and pearls and selling and, and doing all these kind of... Why did Jesus speak like that? Because he was showing them as in the natural, so in the spiritual. If we can't have a relationship without spending time or being involved with someone in the natural, what makes us think that we can call that, therefore, a relationship with God? I wonder what's happened to us. Yes, there may be occasions of bursts of excitement. But unfortunately, even those many times have become short-lived. Our walk involves, has evolved to have a few highs and some lows. And a whole lot of mundane in-betweens. Listen to this scripture from Colossians 2, verse 6. It says this, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. How many people here right now can picture and remember the day you got saved? How many can remember the excitement that came over your life? How many can remember the feeling that you looked and said, whatever happened, why did it take me so long? What's the deal? I remember talking to Bishop and Bishop said, Philip, if only I'd have received Christ earlier in my life, it feels like I've wasted so much. The excitement, the enthusiasm, the hope, the future. Oh, we can do something now. How many remembers that excitement and that passion in their life? You know what this verse is telling us? As you receive Christ the Lord, in the same excitement and joy that you received Christ, guess what? We should still be walking with that same enthusiasm and that same passion and that same joy. 
That's my interpretation to that verse. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus, walk in him. Continue in him. It should not diminish, it should grow. Because anything that's living grows. To maintain this newness, a freshness with God, is something that there's at times that we literally must fight to protect. You know what it's like to fight for relationships. But how much of a fight do we put in our relationship to maintain that relationship? What am I talking about a fight? Because there's a struggle to steal our attention. If you don't believe that, then just go home and sit down and say, God, I'm going to give you five minutes and see the struggles that begin to happen. If your cell phone doesn't ring, the kids will start crying. If you don't have kids, then someone will come knocking on the door. Or all of a sudden you'll remember your favorite TV shows on. Or you'll remember, oh, I had to put the laundry in. Oh, I had to switch things from the washer to the dryer. Oh my goodness, I've got to remember this tomorrow. You watch how you are bombarded both physically and emotionally, mentally, as you sit down to spend just five minutes with God. There's a fight. That if we don't watch, we're going to lose. And we're losing in our lives. Make no mistakes. We have a very real enemy who wants nothing more than our souls to be lulled to sleep. All the while, we think everything's okay. We've got to wake up. We've got to wake up. What I'm talking about is just that important. Remember Samson? His great strength, his great ability, his God-given potential was lulled to sleep on the lap of a lady called Delilah as she took him to the hairdressers. You know, the saddest thing to me about the story of Samson was this. If you read it for yourself when you get up, he woke up and did not realize that what he had was even gone. Now you may interpret that, and there's many different ways perhaps we can interpret that, but you know how I interpret that? He woke up and didn't realize it was even gone. What that tells me is this, he perhaps didn't have it really for a while. Did you catch that? Because if you've got it, you're going to know when it's gone. Come on, are you with me tonight? If you've got it, you're going to... You see, but he had the talent and ability. He had God's anointing upon him. So what did he do? He misused his talents many of the times to do things that God did not call him to do. He was feeling big and bad about himself. He's called to be deliverer, the judge of Israel. But while he's been lulled to sleep, even before he's been lulled to sleep, he's probably lost his relationship already. He just loses his strength through losing his hair. He woke up and felt the same as he did every other day. Nothing had changed. Can I tell you right now? We better realize. Come on, we better realize tonight. If things aren't right, we better make the change. Here's another dimension that we can fall victim to. Revelations 4 or Revelations 2 verse 4 says this. Nevertheless, I have this against you. 
He's just listed all the good that they've done and the things that they're still doing actively. He's just said, good job, you've done this and you haven't humored this and you've turned away from the false prophets and you haven't believed this. He's given them a praise. Good on you, mate, he said. But then he says, nevertheless, with all of that, I still have this against you. And you know what he said? That in doing all those things, listen to me, in serving God, we've lost relationship with the God we serve. He says, because in all these things that you have done, you've left your first love. You're not in relationship with me any longer. You're shacking up with someone else. That's what he's saying. You've left me. You've forsaken me. You commit an adultery with someone else. Because you're not with me any longer. I looked at that word left. You have left your first love. That word left there has three main categories of meaning. The first meaning is this. To let go. To send away. In the sense the word is used in connection with divorce. So he's saying, you've let me go. You've sent me away. But there's another thing to the meaning. The second meaning is is to permit or to let. So what he's saying is, you haven't even pushed away, but you've allowed these things. You've permitted them. You've given them the right to come into your life or into your existence. And then the third meaning is to neglect or to forsake and to leave alone. Think about that. You've left me. To do everything else at the expense of your relationship with God. I wrote down this saying, and I've said it times before. We can get so caught up in doing that we forget about being. What do I mean being? Being in relationship with God. In a world where everything ages, it's still possible to experience a newness and a freshness in our relationship with God. And it's not just a one-time event. Thank God for that day when we all got saved. There has to be a day. If you can't look back and say there was a day, listen, you need to get saved because there was a day when your life was changed by God. And thank God for that. When we were back in rain a few weeks ago, taking care of Kelly's mother, we went out driving one day to pick up, I think, something from the pharmacy. And Kelly took me past the church and she said, that was the church that took me to kids' camp. And that's when I gave my heart to the Lord as a kid. There was a day, every one of us, I'm sure, can remember the circumstances and the situations. But it's not just a one-time event. It's a reoccurring newness that needs to be constantly experienced throughout our lives. It's time we get our relationship back to God or back to a mountaintop experience, which is God's desire and will for our lives. And when I say mountaintop, I realize there's going to be rough days, tough days, times of adversities. Why? Because that's life. But as I said earlier, Our relationship needs to be a mountaintop experience. What? That no matter what happens, it does not affect our relationship with Him. He doesn't suffer as the result of everything else that's going on. It always amazes me that when people have problems, they run everywhere else instead of the house of God. We were taught as kids, if you had problems, we ran to the house. 
But today we see people who have problems and they run from the house. They go everywhere else. You don't see them in church. You don't see them around other people. Why? Because they're looking to everywhere else instead of the place where they're going to find their answer. And that's through relationship with Him. I think it's time we get ready for our relationship with God to go to the next level. A place where we can constantly feel God in our emotions and experience joy, even in the most difficult seasons of our life. Regardless of where you find yourself today, you can live a life that's full of passion for God. Passionate Christianity is supposed to be the norm, not the exception. Let me say that one more time. Passionate Christianity is supposed to be the norm, not the exception. But what have we done today? We've looked and says, wow. Look at them. They've become an exception instead of the norm. Your relationship with God is a personal thing. That means we need to work it out with Him. We need to get back to Him. It's time to be awakened. Because when we live like that, in true relationship with God, our entire life can be one big Breakthrough. That no matter what Satan throws against us, we can witness God turn it around for good. Did you know that's in his word? What Satan meant for evil. God can turn it around. How does that turn around take place? For people who understand relationship. Not wavering. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. We've got to truly know God. And how do we know God? Through relationship. Over the next few weeks, on Sunday and Wednesday, we're going to look and rediscover such things as what does it mean to totally surrender to God? Because I don't think we understand that anymore. We're going to look at what it means to have a passion for God that it does not diminish but grows. We're going to look at grace again and revisit that and understand that grace is God's goodness and provision for every one of our lives. We're going to look at it, what does it mean to be totally filled by God. It's an exciting journey that I believe is going to transform our relationship with God forever and thus change our lives. But you know what I want us to do for the next 10 minutes before we close this service? Roxanne, if you could come back for me and play. I want us to do something tonight. I want us to find a place with God. It can be here at the altar. It can be right where you're at. But you know, I don't want to challenge you to do something, and that is this. I want you to challenge you. Because it's so easy for us just to bow down right where we're at and not really do anything. But I want us to be moved tonight. I want to challenge you. Maybe get down on your knees and turn around. But you know what I want to challenge you tonight, and that is this. I want to challenge you to get back in relationship with God. To love Him like He deserves to be loved. To serve Him. And I believe Dale, like Mike said, set the standard for this service and this message tonight. To give God the first fruits, not the leftovers. Because there's many times that we don't invite God around the house for the meal, but when He shows up, we say... You can take anything that's left in the refrigerator. 
Romans 12 verse 11 tells us that we don't have to lack or be lagging in diligence. But we can serve the Lord with everything that we have. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep in your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. That's the testimony I want for my life. And I'm ashamed to say that's not the testimony of my life. Because I've allowed things just like everyone else to come in and to take from that place that God requires. It's great to get married. It's great to have other people. But you know what? There's no one that should take the place of your relationship with God. Can we find a place to pray just for the next few moments? And perhaps a good way to start to pray is this. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God. I want to give my life back to you. I want to be in relationship with you. Let's pray tonight. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.